you beautiful people, and welcome to the Glorious and the Mundane podcast. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles. Happy October to you. Well, actually, if you're a patron of the podcast, you're hearing this during the last bits of September. But regardless, here we are at the start of a brand new month. And as you know by now, autumn is my favorite time of year. So you'll find me over here celebrating inside that it's finally here. Now, if we can only have the fall temperatures to go with it, I don't know about you, but I've had moments lately that I've had irrational panic that the heat is never going to go away, that somehow there's been some sort of global tipping point with global warming and it's going to be summer forever. (laughs) Some of you would love that probably, but I'm the type of person who still drinks hot drinks in the middle of the day in the summer and who drives around with my seat heater on pretending it's wintry outside. So that's me. Our publishing company is called Sweater Weather Music. So you get the idea. We are ready for fall. We love it. Even just, you know, temperatures in the 70s would be amazing. Where you can wear a little sweater at night. Anyway, I have to believe it's coming. Another beautiful thing that is for sure coming up is that I hit the road with my sweet friend, Jenny Allen. We're going to be doing nine tour stops together, October 9th through the 20th. We'll be in Indiana, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, Arkansas, Kansas, and Mississippi. That's covering a lot of ground, just like, you know, in that little amount of time. You can go to freedomprojecttour.com to see the cities and the venues that we'll be in. Even if you've seen us before on this tour, the night's going to be fresh and new, and we look forward to seeing you. I don't know about you, but more than ever, I believe that we need to cherish these kind of nights to be able to meet together as women, encourage one another to endure in this withering world. So come worship with us as we get into God's Word together. We're going to sing. We're going to pray. It's going to be a beautiful night that I believe will refresh your entire season and that you will not forget. Well, I wanted to give you actually a sweet update. If you'll remember a few weeks ago, I told you about getting to pray for little Evan in his car seat when I was at Blue Skies as we were sending he and his mama, Brittany, and his little brother off from Blue Skies after getting to spend a week with them at the beach retreat. But if you'll remember, Evan was born with a serious heart condition, and then only about a year or so into his life, he was diagnosed with a rare form of pediatric cancer. Well, I just heard from Melinda, the director of Blue Skies, that she had talked to Brittany, his mom, this past week, and the doctors had gone in to remove a tumor and were able to get it, praise God, but they could not find the other spots that they suspected were there, nor could they find any cancer cells in Evan's body. His mom's words were that Evan's scans show no evidence of disease. Well, as soon as I heard the news, of course, I was just almost shaking and teary because I was just so grateful to God, but I knew that I needed to tell you because I'm assuming that many of you lifted up Evan and his family after hearing about him, and I can only make one conclusion, that God has answered our prayers. I hope that encourages you. If you were obedient to stop and lift up Evan in the middle of whatever it was that you were doing God heard. Evan will have scans in eight weeks, but for now, Brittany's Instagram says that they are going to have a dance party, like a prolonged dance party for what God has done. And I know that sweet Evan will enjoy being home and not being poked and prodded. And I've been praying that he will even start talking. I have to believe that God heals and He restores. After hearing this news, I'm so holding out hope that he's going to start talking and eating well and enjoying life. Well, I was sitting with my sweet friend, Brittany, this past week, not Evan's mom, Brittany, but a friend here that I've met with over the past few years, and we were enjoying our favorite treat here in Franklin called the Bomb Bomb Bowl. I know it sounds like a big deal because it is. It's an acai bowl, which I'm sure I'm not saying that right, but it has granola and fresh fruit in it, and it's magical. So if you're ever in Franklin, you need to go to the factory and you need to have a bomb bomb bowl. (laughs) But I'm supposed to be apparently mentoring Brittany, but we crack up because more often than not, she ends up speaking into my life and praying for me and imparting truth into my heart. Once we were finished with our bomb bomb bowls, we joined hands right there in the middle of the hustle and bustle of the factory, a popular meeting place in downtown Franklin, and we just went for it in prayer. As we both shared some important spiritual things after we prayed or before we prayed, 
that we were both going through kind of things going on in both of our worlds, Brittany reminded me that this very week marks the Jewish New Year. September 30th is Rosh Hashanah, which literally means head of the year. According to gotquestions.org, and trust me, I had a lot of questions, <laughs> Rosh Hashanah is one of the appointed feasts of the Lord given to Israel in Levitical times. And the investigator in me loves digging into the meanings of things, as you know. But I believe as Christians that we should actually pay close attention to appointed times like this. I love visiting this website called Hebrew for Christians. That's Hebrew and then the number four Christians. I've actually searched many topics on this site, but when I looked up Rosh Hashanah on the site, the author of the article I was reading, it's John J. Parsons, but he gives several reasons why he believes that Christians should care about Rosh Hashanah, as well as other appointed times. But he shares that first, one of the central themes of Rosh Hashanah is remembering God as creator and redeemer. There's much remembrance around creation. As he says, though Christians should acknowledge his righteous rule and kingship at all times, Rosh Hashanah is a sanctified reminder of God's creative authority in our lives. He says Yeshua, who is Jesus, is called Mashiach, which denotes his kingly dignity and royalty. But Jesus is also called Borah Olam, which I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right, but it means creator and sustainer of all creation. Another very important reason for Rosh Hashanah is that it begins a 10-day period leading up to the holiest day of the Jewish calendar, which is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. That will actually fall on October 9th. And gotquestions.org says of this appointed time, these 10 days are called the Days of Awe in modern Judaism. The sounding of the shofar or shofar on Rosh Hashanah is a wake-up blast and a sobering reminder that the time is near for the Day of Atonement. It is a call to teshuva, which is repentance and turning back to the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? These 10 days are ones of great introspection, heart searching, and self-examination. The sound of the shofar for the Jew was and still continues to be a call to examine one's life, to make amends with all those one may have wronged in the previous year, and to ask forgiveness for any vows one may have broken. So the primary theme of Rosh Hashanah is one of repentance. It goes on to say, according to rabbinic tradition on Rosh Hashanah, the destiny of the righteous and the wicked are sealed. The righteous are written into the book of life and the wicked are written into the book of death, but most people won't be written into either book. These people are given the 10 days until Yom Kippur to exercise repentance and self-examination and then seal their fate. Then on the Day of Atonement, everyone has his or her name inscribed into one of the two books. Well, it goes on to say, like all the Lord's appointed days in the Hebrew Bible, Rosh Hashanah points Christians to an even greater reality. For those who have placed their faith in the Messiah, Jesus, we understand the true meaning of the call to repentance and of turning our hearts to God. For those who have placed their trust in the atoning work of Jesus, praise Him, through His life, death, burial, and resurrection, which is 2 Corinthians 5.21, their names are already written into the Lamb's book of life. And now even we as believers in Jesus listen for that trumpet call, for the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another or comfort one another with these words. That's First Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. And of course, I can't help but think of Ellie Holcomb's song called, We Shall Always Be With The Lord, when I hear that passage. It's one that I love to listen to and remind myself that it's really going to happen, that we're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds, with Christ and those who have either remained or who have already died in Christ, whichever will be when that time comes, but that these are comforting words that we should always know that we're going to be with the Lord. That's so beautiful. So as you begin this fall season, 
carry this appointed time established long ago by the Lord Himself, carried in your heart. As you know, it's going to be the Christmas season before you know it, before we know it. You may already have seen that we've just announced our Night of Hope Christmas tour, a family Christmas. It's already on sale. This means also that the most wonderful time of year is on its way. But let's let Rosh Hashanah mark us as believers this week as we go into this new season, as we end our year. We're kind of headed towards that, aren't we? We're embarking on a time of great introspection, hopefully, of heart-searching, of self-examination. I was writing to my patrons to take inventory of what changes in their lives with that confession, Jesus, you are the Christ. Let's have that confession with us as we go into this new season. If that confession is true, then what does it truly mean for us? We've talked about how Peter's calling came from his confession that Jesus is the Christ. But maybe it's writing down one way every day that is new because of Jesus, because He is indeed the Christ. He is who He says He is, and He did what He said He came to do. A little bit of a fun fact on that gotquestions.org article I read that apparently Jewish people enjoy sweets on Rosh Hashanah, treats made with apples, honey, raisins, figs, and pomegranates. Eating sweet things symbolizes the desire for a sweet year, but also included is the idea that the enjoyment of sweet things can help counter the sorrow associated with repentance. In the eating of pomegranates, some Rosh Hashanah celebrants express the wish that their good deeds would be as numerous as the seeds of the pomegranate. Others eat portions of the head of a fish or a sheep, symbolizing the desire to be the head, not the tail. I'm sorry, but you just have to have mad respect for a Jewish mama that is serving up the head of a fish or a sheep to her family this week. I'm serious, you have to admire the sense of respect and awe and tradition. We have to remember too that Jesus was Jewish. These feasts and festivals and traditions, he would have participated in as a child. His mama might have put a plate before him with the head of a fish or a sheep on it. He would have grown up with these kind of appointed days being celebrated in his own home. And all the while to think they completely centered around who he was and what he had come to do. He would have sung and celebrated what he would one day seal up and complete. To me, that's reason enough to know about the Jewish New Year this week and to understand appointed days like these. So we might not serve up ahead of a fish or a sheep this week, but what if we came around this call of repentance? Even if you're listening to this and it's not lining up time-wise with you know the actual date of this, what a reminder still. Come, let us return to the Lord. Imagine some of you opening up a pomegranate this week with your kids and letting them see inside of it. Maybe it's sort of like my honeycomb heart analogy that we can store up the promises of God in our hearts, as many as the seeds in a pomegranate, that they'd be sweet as we remember them together. Maybe as you take out those little jewels of the pomegranate inside, you name the promises of God together, the treasures of Jesus Or maybe you serve some apples and raisins and honey to your kids this week and talk about the importance of repentance and the importance of relying on Jesus for our forgiveness and that the gospel is sweet to our soul even as we might learn to become sorrowful over our sin. If you don't have kids, maybe it's you and a group of friends this week or your roommates. Enjoy something sweet. And look up what Rosh Hashanah means and pray together that God would call your hearts towards repentance this fall, that He call you fully back toward His heart in this season. Well, this week's guest is someone who is all about appointed times, and she has a heart to call women back to the heart of God. My friend Rebecca Lyons is here this week, and today we're getting to celebrate the release of her brand new book called Rhythms of Renewal, Trading Stress and Anxiety for a Life of Peace and Purpose. 
You'll hear me say to Rebecca in the interview that I've watched her carve out space for these rhythms, and I've watched her really live them over the past few years. As many of you know, when I first moved back to town, Rebecca and I and our friend Lauren started a women's gathering called The Well in our hometown here in Franklin. Our church at the time didn't have any sort of offering for women yet in terms of a corporate gathering, so we decided to start gathering women across the city. And as many of you know, it takes a lot to facilitate gathering women across the city. And while we loved it and enjoyed it, the three of us individually and collectively had an enormous amount on our plate. And it was actually in that season too that God called Rebecca and her husband Gabe to adopt a little girl with special needs from China. And we got to witness God bringing joy home into their lives and into our community here But because of where God was leading each of us, we knew that it was time to lay down the well. And our church, thankfully, was ready to begin providing offerings for women, which they've done so beautifully and intentionally over the past year or so. But again, it just reminds me of the ebb and flow of our lives, right? For that season, I believe the purpose of the well was to help us connect with some women in town and to help other women who were moving here in droves at the time to connect to each other as well. It was a melting pot of women from all over the city, and there's story after story of friendships that were formed through that time. So we look back on that season and know that God was so purposefully using it in so many ways. So we know that it wasn't all for nothing, that we carried it for a few years, but we also know that it was not all for nothing that we laid it down. Different seasons call for different things, and it's so important for us to take inventory of our lives in order to sit with God and know what He has for us in this season. I love that this goes along with that posture we've been talking about, about drawing near to the one who endures forever in order to endure. The very first chapter of Rebecca's new book is actually entitled, Take Inventory. She defines taking inventory as the important practice of regularly evaluating my life and redefining my priorities to ensure I'm living it well. Rebecca shares how it's okay to start small with this, and she gives you some really amazing questions to ask yourself on a daily basis and suggests reflecting for a few moments each day around these questions to keep your heart in tune with the Lord on it. And then she suggests taking a deeper dive every few months where you might want to take an entire day that's devoted to taking inventory and even possibly planning a yearly personal inventory retreat where God just helps you bring clarity around some things and you make space for new dreams to emerge or reemerge. She says it's never too late to reestablish what you want your life to be about. This pairs so beautifully with how we've talked about beholding and becoming in the last episode. To me, this taking inventory is a part of the becoming. Sometimes it takes being intentional with our becoming. We know that the first step, obviously, is to behold God every day for who He is. We draw near to Him. And on a side note, maybe like a little bunny trail, if you're stuck, go to the Psalms. I'm using the Psalms right now to set my heart on who God is. We've talked about it before. It's like a songbook of our identity as the people of God. Tim Keller, in his book called The Songs of Jesus, says that the Psalms are not just a matchless primer of teaching, but a medicine chest for the heart and the best possible guide for practical living, where every feature and circumstance of life is transmitted into the Lord's presence and put into context of what is true about Him. I love that. Much like Rosh Hashanah, it's sweet to remember that Jesus would have known the Psalms by heart. He would have sung them growing up, and when he was grown, he sang them at the Passover meal with his disciples just before the cross. If the Psalms are indeed a medicine chest for the heart, it seems that they are as much about becoming as they are beholding. I can't help but think of Psalm 139. See if you can hear all that you can behold about God today, of who He is, and see what great lengths He went to that we might become who He's created us to be. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, 
intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I were to count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. We can stand in awe as we read this of our Creator God, whose works are wonderful. And we can become today a child who understands just how wonderfully we've been made. This psalm helps us step into our worth today to become one who knows how cherished they are. I believe it's in understanding our worth that causes us to step into intentionality with life and to find rhythms that help us cherish this life we've been given, as well as the people that God has given us in this life. Enjoy this interview about these beautiful rhythms of renewal with the lovely Rebecca Lyons. And if you want to live out some of these rhythms she talks about, such as permission to play, seek adventure, or make a memory, come see us on the Night of Hope Tour, a family Christmas. Make a memory together. We even have special pricing for kids. We would love to have you. You can go to christinockles.com slash tour to find out if we're in a city near you. But for now, enjoy this chat with Rebecca, and I will talk to you soon. Well, I am so delighted to have my sweet friend, Rebecca Lyons. Actually, we're in my bedroom right now. <laughs> it's, it's so cozy in here. Um, as we talk about rest, I might just fall asleep. <laughs> she's, she's already been yawning. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so relaxed the minute I cross the knuckles threshold. <laughs> well, we've got like girls homeschooling. The dishwasher's going out there. I kicked the dogs out of the bedroom, and so we created a little space. We have a little couch in here, so this works. And it's cozy. I'm so excited, number one, just to see you. Um, Same. We got to have breakfast this morning, but it's I just... Know. I feel very spoiled. I got a twofer today. I know. Breakfast and before dinner. So <laughs> nice, and we really haven't seen each other all summer, pretty much. We saw each other in June. We got to go back out to Lost Valley, Valley. which was amazing. Yes. Just such yes. a sweet time. And, but really, y'all kind of, you went on a little vacation and... Right. And then you were at the beach yeah. and you were in, in, trekking across Europe without a stroller. <laughs> That's right. Oh. It was wonderful, but oh. it was, Christy and I kept checking in with each other every couple of weeks, like, how are you doing? How's your <laughs> summer? When will I see you? In August. <laughs> Seriously. It's, it's good to get back into um, rhythms um, for just the fall and school mm-hmm. starting. And I think we all, it feels like, well, our friend Lauren Tomlin, her birthday's August. So we usually yeah. come around that yeah. time and we're all like, oh. yes, just kind of getting Reconnect back. before the crazy yes. begins. Yes. So good. And speaking of rhythms, you have a new book that's coming out or actually it's out it yes. came out yesterday yes yes so exciting it's called rhythms of renewal trading stress and anxiety for a life of peace and purpose mm-hmm. and i want you to go ahead and sing the song you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> only if you sing with me no one night in the middle of the night i don't know a couple months ago i was like no one knows how to spell rhythms <laughs> you know when you wake up with the dumbest thoughts in your brain and i'm like I need to come up with a song to sing <laughs> to people. So, you ready? It's I'm ready. so short, but it's R H Y T H M S. Once you know the song, you won't have to guess. You were supposed to join me on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. It's so funny because people will just do R Y, and you're like, no, you got to throw that H in there. Yeah. Rhythms. 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 Yes. Rhythms every new world. And I was actually just getting to look through the little advance copy that you gave me. And I'm serious that I was like looking down the whole thing. And I've literally watched Mm. all of this happen in your life. I've watched you do all these things, like for real, authentically. And just God working this message in you. And I remember, you know, even just probably, was it um, kind of our New Year's gathering that we did? Or it was around the New Year? Or maybe like just you felt like God, maybe it's kind of around that time where you feel like God gives you a word for the year. Yes. And I remember that happening in you. 
What was it? Was it abundance? Yeah, abundance came a little prior to the new year. It was one night in the middle of the night I was praying for something specific. And then all of a sudden I said, and I pray that at the time it was the end of 2017, that 2018 would be a year of abundance in Jesus' name. And I don't even know why I said that word because I didn't. To me, the word abundance always felt mm-hmm. indulgent. And one thing I write in this book is that I never felt worthy of indulgence. Mm-hmm. It was like a deep core belief um, that came from different reasons. And so God quickly said, it's going to be abundance in the places you don't currently see as valuable. And it's like the kingdom abundance. And I had, and mm-hmm. then I'm presented with a photo of joy on the other side of the world two weeks later yeah. that we eventually said yes to. And, and that... And it was just a redemptive year. Mm. It was fullness, you know, with my dad's death in April. And then life six months later bringing joy home. Mm. It was all kinds of abundance. But it was it was hidden abundance. Yeah. And um, that's why I took the tech detox that year. That yep. was just very much a, a quieting, slowing. Christy got to hear me say several times, like, I think I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm done with everything. You know, I don't even know what I meant by saying that. Um, but I remember being over here one night when Michelle was over, and I was like, I think I could be done with everything. And you both were like, well. <laughs> <laughs> Just like smiling at me, like with that knowing grin, but knowing like, it's okay for you to feel that right now. You never yeah. know when things are going to, God's going to do what he's going to do. And yeah. I've learned I try to control the extremes, like either all or nothing. Yeah. And I don't think he calls us to the extremes. He calls us to be with us in the cadence yeah. of rhythm, right? And mm-hmm. so you can you can press the gas, you can press the brake, but you don't need to like jump out of the vehicle just to yeah. keep, you know. And I'm trying to learn that. That's so good. And joy has been just that. We've all gotten to mm-hmm. see that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. She's just it's you call her joy bomb and Yeah, she is. She is. Just and Christy, you're it. so sweet with her because you, the first time you came over, remember, you were like, I don't want to hold her unless she asks. And you were just so like staring at her the whole night, but not trying to get in her space. <laughs> Slash stalking her a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was the sweetest <laughs> thing because she's just like chatting up, blah, 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 like I oblivious mean. to the fact that you're just taking it all in because you were so honoring of even that attachment phase and mm-hmm. she would have jumped in anyone's lap but yet still needed to kind of see us as mom and dad and that you know takes some time but that's been sweet to watch and my Annie Rose adores her and gets to play with her a lot because uh, Kennedy uh, Rebecca's daughter and my daughter Annie Rose are friends and so yeah it's been sweet because just you know by default she gets to be around oh yeah (laughs) if if she's over Joy's gonna follow her around she follows all the the teen girls around the house she's like wants to be that so much I love it so much and yes so even just us getting to you know watch that as your friends has been so sweet and I think about the the tech detox you know which I, I laughed kind of this morning and I thought kind of my friends make fun of me because my whole life is right a tech detox. <laughs> That's why you're the most rested of all of us. <laughs> Where's Christy? Oh, she's just ha- she's having another sabbatical in her bedroom. <laughs> and even when you text me, I feel so bad. I mean, even my friends, like it's like a day and a half later yeah, sometimes. Sure. I'm like, oh hey, yeah, got several texts I'm going through, but yeah, but I have I loved um, just getting to see um, how that restored you so these rhythms let's talk about it we've we've got these two input rhythms that you talk about and two output rhythms there the input is rest and restore and the output is connect and create so let's start like kind of just if you want to talk about a little bit of even why the input output because I kind of would love to know yeah the science behind that even well just because you can't give what you haven't received and I think what we're seeing in our culture right now is there's a lot of high capacity people who are gunning it and they're just running fast and hard in their lane and then they're all inevitably hitting a wall yeah because your body isn't made to just output yeah I mean you can't give what you haven't and so for me, um, I remember when I was first starting in my vocational call, like I called to, to wife and mother from, you know, 22 years ago, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until the last seven years um, when I started writing my first book, it's been seven years, that um, 
friends who were might maybe peers that had been writing and teaching or traveling they're like oh you're gonna you're gonna need to really slow down I'm like wait a minute I just got started what are you talking about and they were all kind of warning me of like hey this this lifestyle is inevitably you better I remember early on hearing that from people who'd been doing it before me and I just thought they were just you know I did not actually get what they were saying. I was yeah. like, oh, it's amazing. It's awesome. And and then I think you do have to walk that road. And Chrissy, you've walked it far longer than I have to know like, oh, no, like Sabbath is a real thing in weeks and months and years. Like you have to have a, a longer rest, even the longer that you're fighting so intensely. So mm-hmm. this is my seventh year. Um, of that. And so I really think that even bringing joy home was like, you know, I benched myself professionally and yet it was so so providential because it wasn't just that. It was like, no, God invited me into something more of him through bringing joy home. And it also just inevitably allowed me to just pause big time. Um, and so the input and output is because I wanted to start the book with Rest and Restore because for me, those that's the baseline for everything. God created the earth, and then at the end of that, He rested, and then He blessed that day. So on the, mm. on the seventh day, he, rest, he rested and then blessed it. And so I get this um, idea that rest precedes blessing. Like yeah. there's a blessing around, there's an anointing around rest, yeah. and that you run from rest instead of running to earn it. And when and even just that right there is kind of a mind blow of mm-hmm. of like, oh, that's cuz the last book was you don't have to perform to earn God's love. And you take that into this going, right, so much so that you you rest first. Yeah. And then out of the overflow comes the connection and the creation. Mm-hmm. So so rest is the inner life, the physical life and restores uh, I'm sorry, inner life, spiritual life pausing, taking inventory, morning routine, time with God, um, deep sleep, routines for deep sleep, and Sabbath and tech detox, like Mm -hmm. I talked about, just to just quiet that heart, soul, mind, Mm -hmm. so that then you can go into restore, which for me, I had to separate them, because then it's like, oh, I just went to the gym, isn't that rest, you know, it's like, well, no, restoring is a little different than resting. So restoring is like you can be restored from rest, yeah. right? And then you have more energy to go. You've you've taken some time to pause and reflect, and now you go, okay, what can I shift in this taking inventory practice? Oh, I can probably shift how I eat or what I put in my body first thing or how I move or what, what physical activity um, do I need to be doing? Um, how much am I getting in God's creation? And yeah. how much am I playing? And how how where's the adventure? So it's mm-hmm. almost a hearkening back to our childhood a yeah. little bit, I think. Um, I read a chapter, as you know, um, called Permission to Play. It's one of my favorites, and it's mm-hmm. about Lost Valley. And I learned in that season that play and control can't coexist, which is why I don't play very much mm. because I always want to control the outcome or right. control the environment. Like you don't, you don't go to a dance party and tell people how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> and so we keep that karaoke um, player in our living room with the disco ball attached, and I feel really free in that those moments yeah. because you really let go of like caring about mm-hmm. anything. You're just having fun. And yeah. joy has certainly helped us learn that again. Yeah. Be reminded. Absolutely. Yeah, I just love it that you're giving people just such a framework around what it looks like to rest. Because, you know, some, sometimes like when, you know, it reminds me of that. Um, is it, a, I'm not condoning this movie, but is it the holiday where Cameron Diaz, her character, like she gets away and she takes all these books and then it's like the minute she gets alone, she just freaks. She doesn't know what to do <laughs> yes, with rest. Yes, yes. So I love it that you're just like, yes, it's like you have seven different uh, little chapters, tiny chapters, which I love too. They're very, yeah. I, I went through several of them just like yeah. before you got here. Um, and then there's like, you know, another seven under restore. It's like you're giving such great framework for people to understand what rest could look like, what right. restore could look like. Yeah. And I love that because I think people are just like, what do I like veg out and watch yeah. Netflix? It's yeah. like, no, there's like, that's very different. <sighs> exactly. That's escape. You exactly. know, and I think we need to, we need to be, be clear. Like 
numbing out or vegging out yes. or escape actually does the opposite of rest. That's so good. That empties and drains us more versus like a replenishment rest is mm-hmm. is what fuel. You know, it's like it's yes. it's your body like sleep is a superpower, mm-hmm. right? It's when your body's healing and restoring from the day prior. Mm-hmm. Um, time with God is not loneliness. It's not isolation. It's solitude, and so that's again different because you're not alone in in solitude. Mm-hmm. You're with Him, and you're in fact. It's so special because you're getting this direct deposit from God that can't mm-hmm. even be tainted or obstructed by people. Yeah. So in some ways, it's it's the richest communion that you could even experience. Mm-hmm. Yet some people are like, I feel alone. I feel, you know, it's yeah. like, well, you can feel that way or you can just take the posture of receiving, which I kind of spell out in the book, like kneeling for me is a really natural way to just feel surrendered and open for like for release so that I can receive. It's not like I'm holy. I mean, it's it's literally just one of my things in my morning routine because it n- naturally makes my breath slow down. Mm-hmm. And I've learned through centering prayer, just saying, like, Christ have mercy or whatever the phrase is I want to say. Right. When you slow your breathing way down, um, that even, like, helps your brain stop trying to, like, constantly be in this racing thought loop. Yeah. There's an actual science behind it that Kurt Thompson explains to me in a conversation that we have, and and so even kneeling takes you you it takes makes forces you to do longer exhales. Like your wow. body naturally wants to slow down in kneeling. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. The way we're wired. Yeah. Um, you feel release in that posture without even trying too hard. Yeah. So so part of it's just like let's help our bodies out. Let's help our brains and our minds out by mm-hmm. just saying. Jesus, you are my peace. I come under your covering of peace. Um, I don't even have to muster peace. Like I can just rest in your peace and you come over that. Like I come under that. And then it feels much more surrendered and approachable than me just like, oh, I got to rest. I got to rest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. So good. And I love this output then. It's like to be able to you know, pour out. I know this full well, like you've got to be able to, you know, first receive, like you're saying, this input of like rest and restore and being intentional with that. Um, because I think sometimes I do, I I experienced that at the beach a little bit this summer where it was like, I had all this time to just, you know, kind of rest, Mm -hmm. but I did find days that it was like, I wasn't being intentional with that. So I love it because I kept knowing as soon as I get back, I'm going to enter back into mm-hmm. the output. I'm going to enter back into this place. And I've, I want to be able to receive what I need to receive so that I can pour out. And so it's so important. But I also love just that the, the output that you're giving us here, like is connect and create. And that inspired me all on its own all over again. It's like, mm-hmm. um, it didn't feel like something I need to muster up and go do. It was like, Oh, I get to connect and create. Yeah. <laughs> like right. that made me excited about the output. So yeah, I just, yeah. I love that. So I love just talk about a little bit. One of the things of course that, um, I, I loved because we've done this quite a bit at your house. is just that potluck mm-hmm. gathering. It doesn't have to be perfect, but we've, we've done that a lot at your house. Yeah. You've been so amazing at, gathering um probably even in times when y'all you know had a lot going on especially with even just getting joy home and Mm -hmm. but um talk a little bit about just connection with marriage and friends and sure what that has looked like for you as output I love and so the last book in in the freedom book and talks about in Galatians 6 he's like don't use this freedom for yourselves, but use it to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. And that's just kind of in this mantra that I always play in the back of my my mind. Like, how am I using the rest and the restorative practices, this mm. freedom that it brings to serve someone else in love yeah. so that it can grow for them, they can feel replenished. Um, and so connect is so vital, right? God is a communal mm. God, and He makes us communal beings, right? Yeah. He planted the need and desire to to live among and live with our people the early church is breaking bread in homes right every experience of like when the spirit came upon them at pentecost it was like there was 
120 people together crying out for God. There was such a, such, um, Mm. Um, a cadence of just people, the people of God, the people coming together. And so I think what's happening in our culture, all this depression stems, so much of it stemming from loneliness and isolation because we have replaced the incarnate relationship with a screen. Thinking that that means connection, but really that's just interaction. Mm. But there's there's a filter blocking actual intimacy from being. I mean, you nobody can read your body language if you're like I'm fine in a text. Right. But it's a lot, you know, when you're in the same room. We all know this. It's not. I'm not saying anything we don't already know. But it's harder to live it out even if we know it. Yeah. Because at some point it means I'm going to open my home. It's going to be janky, and I probably have like pizza sauce and maybe like. <laughs> some mustard in the fridge and we still need to figure out how to have people over (laughs) or something. And so, you know, I've had to get like chilled out with it. Like, like, you know, whether it's Friendsgiving, it's a potluck. If it's Easter, it's a potluck. If it's it's swimming by the pool, it's a charcuterie board and s'mores, you know, just whatever. It's just, it needs to not stress you out to Mm -hmm. host people. Um, Or because we all want it. We all want it. We were talking today about just groups, like being in groups with people, host, whether you're facilitating or you're showing up or whether yeah. you're pouring into the next generation, whatever that looks like. It's so life-giving. Yeah. It's always worth it. Yeah. But sometimes in the middle of it, it feels like it can be the first to go because work usually tends to pile up and that yeah. that's kind of attached to your, your livelihood and yeah. sometimes that takes precedence. But your mental health is really connected to your your relational health. Yeah, I love it. Um, how about create? I love I love this because um, I've learned a little bit about you that you're you're actually musical. Yes, <laughs> I, I love it. My RHY song, duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, has that? Have you felt like that? Has that come back in? Yeah, to play. In it your has. Life? It's funny, like. Um, Last year when I was writing this book, um, on my birthday, Gabe said, let's walk to chefs and get you a trumpet because I've never heard you play the trumpet. And I played it for eight years from fourth to 12th grade, and I want to be in first year of 13 boys and the drum major. So I went to Allstate. It was like legit trumpet player. (laughs) And yet it wasn't. I I played in a brass quintet in, in college, but... It wasn't like enough scholarship was attached to it, and I honestly was kind of burned out because I was all things music. Youth symphony, jazz band, symphonic band, marching band, plays, musicals. Like, it was beyond. Yeah. So I think I live out some of this vicariously through Pierce. Like, if he's trying to, you know, learn a new mel- write a new melody or a lyric or something, sometimes I'll interject. Or we have a piano that we finally um, moved into this house we're in, and I'll play that. But... <clears throat> But last year was the first time I played the trumpet for him. And it just came right back. And it was really mm-hmm. funny. Um, but I think lyric, uh, this is one thing I have noticed about myself in my writing, is that it all has, when I read it out loud, it has to have a cadence. Yeah. And it's just because of music. Like, I'll say, and if someone will edit it and they'll add two words, and I was like, no, no, no. I don't even care if that helps clarify the sentence. <laughs> it just doesn't sound right. It doesn't land. Yeah. I Does that mean? I know that Absolutely, makes it yeah. because you're a musician and yeah. a writer, right? And mm-hmm. when, you, 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 when you're a musician, but you're writing sentences in a paragraph, and you know, it mm. still has to kind of have a, a cadence. That's mm. just what it is. And so I, it's not really poetry, but... I just, I think writing for me is almost a musical expression, if that makes sense. Yeah. And what is it about the output of Create? Like, how does that help us as human beings? Because I'm imagining a lot of people, I mean, I know for myself, you know, you, a lot of people would look in and go, oh, you have a podcast and you write songs and you decorate your home and um, you're, you're creative. But I'm guilty of, of kind of not, you know, learning something new or, mm-hmm. or, you know, really using some of those really like, um, hands-on type yeah, things in my you. life. Like yeah. I tend to be like, Oh, I'm too busy for that. I got too much going on. And right. that for sure is like 
first, first to go. And yeah. So what is it about create that we that we need? Well, I just think like there's a chapter work with your hands. Um, one about like make a memory, like imagination and play, where we did these home movies when the kids were little, or. Um, I had to learn to sew when I was 10. I mean, if you would ask me today, like, Rebecca, do you want to take the next 20 hours and tear out three seams and make yourself a blouse? I'm going to say no. (laughs) But one thing that I learned in that season was I truly, as a child, learned, like, the almost the linear arc of craftsmanship. Mm -hmm. Like, I had to cut out, I had to pick the fabric, pick the pattern, lay it out, pin it to it, cut it out, you know, start mm-hmm. to, you know, put the right sides together and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. The point is I started to, I learned how to build things yeah, step by step by step from working with my hands yeah. because you couldn't get ahead of yourself, right? You couldn't like, you couldn't sew on the button before you started to like make the outfit. Right. And I think it's played out in my professional life because I... I'm pretty incremental. You could ask my team on like if we're going to launch something, I know like the 25 things that need to happen in order before we get there. Yeah. And they're like, "Man, they're kind of they're sometimes I think they get a little annoyed like she's thinking of everything." <laughs> <laughs> we were fine glossing over that stuff. <laughs> but it has been um I'm just a linear thinker and That's it's amazing. like a then B, then C, and they all build, which is why the rhythms in the book are they start with rest, then build, then build, then build. Because here's the thing, you actually can't create as well as if you do in collaboration. So you have to connect before you create because a lot of things that we do are not solitary sports. You know, we might think writing is just, no, I have an editorial team of four to five, depending on how much support I need or a marketing team of this or whatever. So whatever the work is, we're still called to collaborate and create. And so it's going to be hard to create if you don't have any friends to invite into that process. (laughs) Um, Totally. Yeah. And I just think it makes it more fun. Because again, God is about our unity and our living, you know, among each other. And then the beautiful thing about collaboration is like, you know, he gets the credit and the team gets the credit. There's not one person that's the hero, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You really, like, that servant leadership is all about everyone truly such a team game player for this. Yeah. And that, to me, makes creating fun. So, yeah, there. I, I love to talk about create in just the everyday life because some people are in the middle of job changes or vocational changes, but I do believe that there's like birthright gifts from the womb that just like for me apparently is craftsmanship <laughs> or trumpet playing. Right. I'm not sure which. <laughs> but even with music, you have to build on it, right? Yeah. But um, but I do want people to feel like they can approach create. It's not a pressure like oh, you know, this is all attached to your work. It's really more about what are the things you put your hands to that almost feel a little effortless. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of innate. You you just get it. You, yeah. you can hear it. You see it. You sense it. You kind of know it. Because those are birthright gifts. Mm-hmm. You know, some people who can make their way around the kitchen without a recipe, like yeah. I just feel like that is just, they got they got double portion in the womb because I cannot do that. Yeah. I, I'm like, no, I need the exact measurements yeah. of the exact. So whether it's that, mm-hmm. so you can create every night that you go in your kitchen. You can put something together with your hands. You can invite your kids into that. If you're gardening, mm-hmm. that's something you can like do with your hands, invite your kids into that, whether it's flowers or food. Um, mm-hmm. And then just even in your home, I think everyone ultimately wants to make their space a reflection of mm-hmm. them and their family and even the the culture they're trying to cultivate for their home and their family and their guests. So that even itself is creating it. So it, it can be something as small as a hobby that you just kind of can't put down. And it can be something as big as like building a company. It can be, but all those things go together. There's not one that's more important than the other. Yeah. I love it so much. I think this is going to be so helpful for people. I love, and that you started a podcast as well. Rhythms for life. R-H-Y-T-H-M-S, right? <laughs> yes, that's it. That's the rhythms. Rhythms for life. And it's you and Gabe together. Oh, right? yeah. Yes. And that was so even fun. kind of a, 
we um so one of our rhythms that we've done pretty that's kind of more hidden people aren't knowing about and now I'm telling you but <laughs> we get up a lot of mornings at 6:15 and walk we have this trail that's like the back of our house and it takes almost an hour i mean we that's have awesome. to hurry and hustle back before joy starts like climbing the stairs and waking her siblings up but right. um that's been a real sweet rhythm for connection mm-hmm. and it's restore. So you can, you can double down on some of these rhythms. You can kind of get two or three out of it. Yeah. But um, when we were doing that a year and a half ago, I was like, I really would love to do something together. What could mm-hmm. we do? What would it be? And we, we, for a moment, kicked around a podcast, but both of us were kind of at capacity and we were kind of taking a break from more output. And so when this came around now, um, Gabe's been living these rhythms with me so long, and we were just with friends not too long ago that said, you guys really need to be doing something that you can just call your own together. Yeah. And we're like, and the timing just worked out um, for us to start the podcast because we had already, I'd already done some interviews, and he was going to help with some. And it just naturally happened. And I, and I think it's been so fun because... I've watched you, you and Nathan do this, and I've watched other friends, like, where they're just, you really are a united front in your work, and Gabe and I are. I mean, I certainly jump in. I'm on the board for Q. I help with strategy and all that. He helps with a lot that I do, but it is fun to create together, Yeah. and so that's what this is, and we're having fun with it. Yeah. I love this, just the first episode. In fact, you'll get to kind of hear them crack up a little bit. Oh, my And they goodness. kept saying, we'll edit this out, and they did. I know. <laughs> I know. Exactly. And he, that's his thing. And that reminds me of when we were dating. Like, he would always say something so random that I would bust out, and I was like, and he literally does it just for my reaction. So that day on the podcast, it was like we were back to being, like, 20, 21. And I was like, stop, you know? And then and now it's there. But. But I think part of all this, the, the, the hope and the prayer for this book is that it, it, it's not a to-do list. It's an undo. Yeah. It's like taking, because it's awesome that people are going to be strong. Everyone's going to have a dominant rhythm that just mm-hmm. comes most naturally for them. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, which is wonderful. It means you're really strong in a rhythm. But it also can mean that the other three are lacking. Yeah. Um, and sense. so what it is, I have a quiz, in fact, um, on my website that just says discover your healthiest rhythm where you just answer 40 questions real quick five minutes and it tells you like hey your rhythm is this which is awesome but it also means you could probably add these three things in to help those other rhythms strengthen because ultimately if you're killing it at work but you're not connecting with your family or friendship you're not fostering your friendships or really eating the right Mm -hmm. things or spending time with god then like you're, you're still not going to get where you want to be. You're still going to ultimately burn out because he, God made us as whole beings. He mm-hmm. wants to see health in all our areas, first with him, taking care of the temple that he's given us, loving our people well, and then co-creating, <clears throat> excuse me, co-creating with him. Yeah. And so I want to just encourage people like, hey, you can take some things off your create plate if you've mm-hmm. got like eight, eight plates spinning in the air knowing that Sabbath is really actually the best thing you could do for yourself right now. Yeah, um, A long meal with loved ones is the mm-hmm. best thing you could do for yourself right now. Because yeah. that holistic picture is really what we're after. I had a conversation with a friend about a month after Joy came home, and she said, How, what does God see when he looks at you right now? And I, <laughs> I could barely, like, respond without just crying. And it was just mm-hmm. this, I was like, well, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know what he sees. Um, cause I hadn't really been asked it that way, but what I said is what I really believe I want for <laughs> what I want for the reader is that like when that God would look at us as whole beings that not, that we wouldn't be overexerting in one area yeah. and running on fumes, but, and that we wouldn't categorize ourselves as like, you're a wife mm-hmm. or you're a mom exactly. or you're, you're an artist or you're a writer or you're a you know a speaker whatever like we are the ones that create all those you know labels and they are roles and they are they come with responsibility but I think when he sees us he goes you're a whole 
in the entirety of what I imagined when I knit you in your mother's womb. Yeah. Like I want you to live in the fullness of all of those things as a daughter yeah. that gets to really flourish and shine and not, not feel like her identity is attached too much to any one of those things, but that all those things become a cohesive, yeah. whole, healthy woman of God, daughter mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I said, in this season, I feel like, I'm, I'm more whole. I'm not trying to just put everything in the mom basket or everything in the work basket or friend or wife or whatever, but I feel like I can just settle in yeah, and just be what all those things comprise of knowing that he kind of works it out, you know, yeah. in that rhythm of, you know, day, month, week, year. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I love that. And I love that sometimes you know, even just your friend asking that, like sometimes we call it out in each other more, right? We see it in each other more, like we see that wholeness. And, but sometimes it's just um, so powerful when like we just call it out in each other. And I love that you've lived this and now you're sharing in a way that's going to mm. just help others yeah. know how God sees them. And just to get in that place of owning our belovedness in that way and owning yeah. that wholeness and living in this place of... Mm-hmm. Um, this even our, I haven't even told you this, but just the podcast, um, these four, these few in the fall, it's, it's, it's about enduring. Mm. And I just love that mm. this right here is just, um, that rest, restore, connect, create. It's, um, just a beautiful mm. picture of, I think the body of Christ, what it looks like to endure. Yes. And, and it's because I think about, you know, this, um, culture that we're living in, like you said, we weren't made to live at the pace that mm-hmm. we're living in. And often, I mean, we're just seeing people walk away from the faith. We're seeing yeah. people literally quit, like mm-hmm. throw in the towel. And it's because I think, you know, we get so um, barren yeah. in so many mm-hmm. ways. And we think, if this is my limit, God must have a limit too. You know, you get right. to where you have this these crazy right. untruths that you need to un agree with and right. come out out of agreement with um, that he is limitless and he mm-hmm. sees the whole yeah. us and wants us to walk yeah. in wholeness and freedom and healing in that and rhythms that so he created. So interesting that you say that because I really felt the word persevere mm-hmm. like strong yeah. over these last couple of years yeah. knowing that I was starting to kind of fatigue and fade yeah. and I was like... It's easy to take perseverance for granted when you're feeling it, you know, when you're just gunning it. Mm-hmm. And then when you start to see people kind of dropping like flies and you feel even the temptation creep into your own life, yeah. perseverance, I was like, man, Lord, I don't know how many years we have, none of us do, yeah. but I'm. we might only be halfway there. You know, we yeah. might be a third, two thirds, whatever. Who knows? But as long as we do have breath, I want to be doing my part of it by honoring and stewarding that day. Yeah. And you don't have to think too far ahead, but you can look for today. What is a small way I can rest? Mm-hmm. You know, what is a small way that I can put something in my body that's going to be good for it? Or phone a friend, not just text a friend, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. hear them, hear their voice or create something that's special for dinner that the kids can enjoy and know that it was like extra thoughtfulness that went into that whatever it's like if there's just a small subtle thing day by day by day over time you start to just appreciate all those little things Mm -hmm. and realize they've changed you yeah they they really have and and now I'm just thinking this is a heart for sustained yes the long road of emotional and spiritual and relational health yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a long road, and and a long road is only accomplished through small steps every day. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a sprint, but just every day of intention becomes a long road. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, you can get her book right now. It's available everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and I couldn't be more excited for Thank you. Thank you. I just think this is going to be so powerful and helpful thank you friend well i have loved watching you watch it walk it too and it's fun to be in life together doing this love you love you too